Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you doing? I am doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Good, good. And and I've been itching to, to, to start this conversation because last week we were talking about overweight horses, which is pretty common, you know, for a lot of, you know, would, would you say like 50, over 50% of the horses in the United States are, are considered overweight? Yes, that's what was found in one study a lot. <laughs> right. It was just typical. But you, you know, we're going to go to the other spectrum and talk about underweight horses and something in my career I've dealt with. I know you deal with it a lot. So to just jump right into it, I, I think it would be helpful to kind of review some of the things if you didn't listen to last week's topic. You know, one of the things uh, we talked about was the body condition scoring system. So if we can review that. But I also think the tribute wellness system that you helped develop is wonderful. And I think it's it, it's in this week's podcast, we should talk about that because that does address, especially with undernourished horses. The body condition scoring system, it's a one to nine scale. It's been around since the eighties. A one is a horse that's extremely emaciated. A nine is a horse that is so fat, like you can't even tell it has bones, but for the fact that its legs poke out of its body, yeah, so extremely, yeah. extremely obese. A body condition score of four to six is what we would consider the healthy range. And when we're talking about thin horses, you know, we have to be kind of careful here because there's two types of skinny one are horses that are underweight because they're not fed enough calories. So those would be low on the traditional body condition scoring scale. So anything below a four, this is going to be the horse's ribby. If it gets even skinnier, you're going to see its hip bones, a really skinny horse, its vertebrae are going to stick out. Another thing that can happen is sometimes people will look at a horse who's pretty under-muscled and they do look thin to their eye, but when you actually feel the body condition over their ribs, which is the best place to evaluate their energy status, they have good body condition score over their ribs and they look thin because their neck looks thin, their top line looks sunken in. So the dietary changes we would make would differ for these. So that's where the tribute wellness system actually lets you evaluate a couple things separate from the body condition score itself. So we still use the body condition score. That's our basic evaluation of the horse's energy or its calorie needs, whether they're being met or not. Then we look at top line scoring. So we'd give them a score of one to four based on the appearance of their top line. A one would be super sunken in and that horse really has no muscle. Not all horses are going to have that big bulging score that is a four where muscle literally stands up from the back. But your typical horse could have a top line score of three usually if we give it the appropriate nutrition. And then we actually also do some crest scoring as well, which helps us monitor areas that are of metabolic concern. That's probably something we talk about more in a separate podcast. But for this podcast, I think we're primarily going to focus on horses that are traditionally underweight, as in they need more calories to put more fat cover over their body. And we'll actually do another podcast following up with this to talk about building muscle. So for those horses that are thin, but because they haven't really built as much muscle as possible. So how would you, using the, the tribute wellness system, that was a great explanation, but you know, looking at body condition score, what do you consider an underweight horse? So 
This is going to vary a little bit depending on their breed, the type of job they do. So a horse who's under a body condition of score is definitely underweight. Um, and in fact, if they're under a body condition score of three, it's an entirely separate discussion because we may run into situations with refeeding syndrome. That's where the body has essentially been starved of nutrients to the point where if we just fed them a whole lot, we would actually cause their body to shut down because the body's not ready to use those nutrients. So if the horse is under a body condition score of three or it's been withheld from feed for, honestly, it's not even that long, a week or so, you can send a horse into refeeding syndrome. So our discussion of underweight horses would not be applicable today to those extreme cases. But if we're at a horse who's a body condition score of three, the ribs are very readily apparent. In some breeds or disciplines, even a body condition score of four, where a slight amount of ribs are shown, that would be considered underweight for that breed or discipline. So we may be talking about putting weight on those horses as well. That's kind of how we would determine that these horses are underweight and we need to make some nutritional changes to increase their body condition score. If they're at risk of refeeding syndrome, we kind of go through a whole refeeding program before we really put them back on full feed. Yeah, my mind's going to rescue horses. You know, they, a lot of them come in really emaciated, really skinny. So if you have any concerns, it's worth noting here. Uh, at the bottom of our show notes, I will definitely link the tribute wellness system, the body condition scoring system, but also contact for the tribute team. So if you have concerns or you're questioning it, please reach out to us and, you know, we'll definitely get back to you, help you design a feeding plan, you know, for these underweight horses or even overweight horses, if you're concerned there, but, but always please use that resource. That's why it's there. Now with the underweight horses, I mean, (laughs) what nutrients are lacking? I mean, it's more than just energy, right? I mean, there's so much that they're missing in the diet, right? Sure. Generally a horse who is underweight is not being provided other essential nutrients. So energy is the one we tend to focus on the most, but at the same time, we need to provide a balanced diet that fills in all of the amino acid, trace mineral, vitamin gaps, And also a lot of times we have to address the forage portion of their diet. It is very difficult to outfeed your way from either not enough or really poor quality hay. Those are situations where it's much more challenging and honestly tends to be a lot more expensive to try to do with a concentrate. So, you know, the biggest thing I look at at an underweight horse very first would be what is the forage situation. Right. So, okay. So looking at that, if we go and see what they're eating. And generally, I don't know. I mean, I've ran into it in my career where it's a bare pasture. It's almost a dry lot. The owner just throws them out there thinking they're going to eat what they need and there's nothing there for them to eat. Right. So if we're looking at the, the hay portion of the diet, how would you evaluate that? And how would you safely transition them to a more healthy forage portion? Yeah. So we bring up kind of two separate things. So yeah. yeah forage and pasture. So let's, we can address the hay first. So let's assume they're only getting hay. So, you know, step one would be, is it a good quality hay? Is it free from mold and dust? Is it soft? If it's really stemmy and stocky, even if they eat it, the digestibility is so poor, they're not getting many calories from it. And how much are they eating each day? So, you know, one of the exercises that I've done is I've said, okay, 
my goal is to feed 10 pounds of hay per feeding. Go fill a hay net with 10 pounds of hay. And you'd be shocked at the differences. Some people only Mm -hmm. have six pounds in there. Some people really like to overfeed and they have 20 pounds, but it's not something that a lot of people, unless you're used to weighing something by hand, intuitively know how much their horse is getting. So let's weigh it, figure out how much we're feeding. Is it good quality? If we're feeding on the lower end, so one and a half percent of hay on a dry matter basis for your non-obese horse is what we would consider the minimum. For our hard keepers, our horses who are thin, I'd prefer to see at least 2%. Some of them will even eat 2.5%. The better quality forage, the better. A lot of these horses tend to be pickier. So if you feed them a lower quality hay, it's less nutrient dense, calorie dense to start with, and then they consume less of it, which really just compounds this issue. So if we're talking about a thousand pound horse, because I like really easy math, Mm. ideally we'd be feeding at least 17 pounds and 22 to 24 pounds of hay would be better to help promote the gain of weight, the maintaining of body condition. So step one, if we're just looking at forage, is that step two, can I feed a more calorie dense forage? So in our fat horse episode, I talked about how Rocky can absolutely not have alfalfa, right? Like that Mm -hmm, would be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not good for my overweight horse. But on the other hand, for my harder keeping thoroughbred, I will buy some alfalfa and he'll get a couple flakes of that in addition to the grass hay in order to help bring as many calories into his diet as possible through the forage portion. And that horse gets free choice hay. He gets as much as he will eat and he is absolutely the pickiest thing in the world. So it has to be good quality or else he leaves it. So that's step one. Now, if we're looking at pasture, which is the part that you brought up, you know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot more challenging to estimate how much they're eating, but kind of just some big picture thoughts. If it's really grazed down low, there's not much there. Okay. So if you think about it and your grass really is less than four inches tall, you should have them off the pasture so that it can recuperate. But if it's really grazed down, even though they look busy all day, they're really not bringing much in. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you will see horses who are out on super tall, amazing looking grass, and you're like, why aren't they gaining weight? Well, once it gets that tall, it becomes mature, and the horses won't eat that they grass won't eat it. Oh, either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they drive us crazy. They do, so they do. <laughs> they do. They're you know, so picky. So managing those pastures so that you're not overgrazing them, but you're also not letting them get overly mature. And then looking at the quality of your pasture. Is it mostly weeds? You know, is it actually good quality grass that's providing some amount of nutrition? Are your horses out eating or are they spending most of their day in a shed because the bugs are bad? You know, for an underweight horse, you probably want to put hay in the shed if they're going to spend all day in there because they're sensitive to the bugs. Those are things to think about when they're on pasture. So the, I mean, the biggest big picture for forage, if you're zooming out, is quality and amount, and it's what they eat that actually counts. So it doesn't matter how much hay you put out if they don't consume it. It doesn't matter how much grass it appears is out there if they're not actually eating it. I, you know, and I feel for a lot of horse owners, you know, like you, you do have a hard keeper and, you know, we're in such a judgment society, like people, oh, their horse is so skinny. They're not taking care of it. But those horse owners that I've dealt with, they're doing everything they can. They just don't understand why. And oh, it could. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes 
(laughs) in trying to do everything you can, you might make the situation worse. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, we think about moving on from forage, forage itself is obviously not going to do the job, but let's maximize the calories that we're going to get from that. Then how do you choose the right concentrate or supplements to add to the forage? I think that's where people can sometimes you know, run into, yeah, a lot of issues, or maybe they're in a boarding barn and they say, you know, this is, you know, how much hay they get. I cannot increase that. And to a certain extent, I understand that. I would also say there are some boarding barns that are simply not equipped for whatever reason to deal with all types of horses. So I think as an Mm -hmm. owner, you do have to be mindful that you found the right fit for your horse in a lot of ways. So that's always something to keep in the back of your mind as well. But, you know, moving to the concentrate portion. Our number one goal, of course, is to provide them all of their nutrients. So it has to be balanced. It has to be appropriate for the horse's life stage and all of those things. And then beyond that, we're looking at still keeping the meal sizes reasonable. So typically higher fat feeds. So a lot of times I'll use senior sport, which is 10% fat or calm ultra, which is 12% fat in horses that I'm looking to add body condition to. However, you can go too far. So if we're, for example, feeding five pounds per meal, which is what we'd like to keep the meal size for the average horse and the horse isn't gaining weight, well, adding six or seven pounds is actually going to decrease your digestive um, efficiency, if you will, because it moves faster through the digestive tract. They're not as good at breaking it down. So in some cases, just feeding more isn't always the right answer. Maybe the right answer was feeding lunch and breaking it into three meals. Well, it, so the concentrate portion to, to increase, what nutrients should we be increasing? And I want to ask quality concentrate versus, because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, somebody can go, well, I'll just feed oats or I'll go and just get a bunch of corn, you know, and feed them that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. That's not right, what right, I right. want people yeah. to take right, away right, from right, this. Right. Yeah. No. So thinking about one is a balance. So just feeding mm-hmm. straight oats or straight corn, A, would not be balanced. Two, is it healthy for the horse? Even in horses who need to gain weight, although sugar and starch are calorie dense, we know they're not the healthiest way to provide calories. So something that's super high in sugar and starch, like straight oats, straight corn, those sticky, sticky sweet feeds. Yeah. Those are kind of like feeding cupcakes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of sugar there and you might gain weight, but it's not a balanced and healthy diet. So really the two considerations when I'm thinking about what balance of nutrients in the horse who needs to gain weight, one is what's going on with the forage portion of the diet. Are we feeding enough of it? Is the quality good enough? Can the horse eat enough of it? I mean, what if we're talking about a thin senior? So if the forage portion is good. I'm relying mostly on higher fat. If we're trying to, you know, help supplement a horse who doesn't have the best hay, that's just the reality. I'm going to want fiber and fat in order to help them gain weight. And I think we actually talked about a case study not too long ago where a horse, we changed it from a lot of calm ultra to a little bit less senior sport and it gained a bunch of weight because it wasn't really getting all that it needed from a fiber perspective. So that's important to understand when you're making those decisions. But primarily I'm relying on fat and fiber to add calories to the diet because sugar and starch just aren't the healthiest things to feed the horse. Right. And so years ago, uh, when I was at a, an equine con- nutrition conference, they really were pushing feeding more fat. 
you know, versus these non-structural carbohydrates that, that we've talked about, you know, the sugars and starches. And they would recommend, or many nutritionists at the time, I, I believe were recommending that, you know, you top dress with just oil, vegetable oil, you get off the, the supermarket, food quality oil. Mm-hmm. And so actually I ran into early in my career, you know, with thin horses, I suggested it to the owners and they started top dressing with fat and it just, the horses put on weight beautifully, their coats were shiny, they seemed to be be happy. Is that still a trend that that is recommended or do we have to be a little bit more careful feeding too much fat or top dressing too much fat? Yes, we've definitely realized that high fat diets are advantageous, even though the natural diet of the horse is pretty low fat. You know, there's some advantages in exercise physiology in terms of how they use fuel. It helps us keep meal sizes small. It is readily digested. We have been a little bit more careful with oils from the perspective of the omega-3 to the omega-6 fatty acid balance, because a lot of your cheaper oils are really high in omega-6s. Granted, the exact ratio in the horse has not been defined, but we do realize, you know, a corn oil, for example, probably isn't the best thing to add straight to the diet. I will say the trend has maybe gotten a little bit away from just adding slugs of oil to horses feed, not to say that that still doesn't happen, but more so relying on concentrates that have higher added fat. You know, one of the advantages there is it's less messy. You don't have to worry about the rancidity of actually keeping oil in your feed room during the summer. And again, looking at that balance of fat and fiber, because what can happen is you can feed too much fat. So fat is really well digested in the small intestine. However, especially if you have a high fat feed and then you start adding fat supplements on top of it, what can happen is if the horse doesn't digest all of that fat in the small intestine, it gets to the hindgut. And fat, unfortunately, is not good for the microbes that live in the hindgut, especially the polyunsaturated fats that are most of what we supplement horses with traditionally, like an oil. They actually can kill some of those fiber digesting microbes that live in the hindgut of the horse. And then what happens is they digest their hay less readily, so they get less calories from it. And now even though you've added all these calories in the form of fat, your net diet may be less calorie dense. So that is something to think about. So oils definitely have their place and they can certainly add weight to a horse. Um, Other things like we have K-Finish, which is an extruded fat nugget that's 25%. That is really helpful as well. I do caution people, it's meant to be fed at one to three pounds per day. So if you're having to feed more than three pounds of K-Finish on top of another feed, you probably just don't have the right program. So fat is good. But we've since realized looking at that balance of fat and fiber is the best way to safely put weight onto a horse instead of just, I mean, the days of like cups and cups of oil, I think have passed, but we definitely do rely on fat a lot. Tribute as a line is a higher fat line of feeds because we realize how important it is in doing all those other great things for the horse. It it is complex. And while you're talking that again, I'm thinking, Please, if you're if you're confused or you need help, reach out to the tribute team. I promise you, they will walk you through this because that is a lot to to digest. If yeah, unintended. yeah, yeah. And, and I would say there's there's multiple ways to get to the same end goal, and multiple combination of feeds, maybe some fat supplements that might be the right answer. So that's part of what we help you walk through. It's kind of overwhelming when you have so many options. You know you need to do something different. 
sometimes simplifying is actually the best answer we can have, but it is complicated and there are multiple reasons a horse can be thin. And so the dietary recommendation is going to differ a little bit depending on each situation. And I should say, we've talked about nutritional programs for underweight horses. We can't forget that nutrition is just one component. So particularly if you have a horse that's maintained its weight on a particular program for a long time and they've all of a sudden lost weight, yes, there's some changes we can make to help them gain the weight back. But as an owner, I would also be thinking about why did this dramatic weight loss happen? Do we need to do a fecal egg count? Maybe my deworming program needs to be adjusted. Is there some underlying health condition? I actually consulted on an interesting one this past winter where I had known, you know, the bard and the horse and I was very comfortable with their total program. So a horse had lost a little weight, lost a little top line. And I'd say this is maybe February. So I made a recommendation and then maybe two months later, they said, you know, he's actually looking worse and not better. So I went out and I looked at the horse and I said, well, it's time to call the vet because this horse appears to be neurological. It's not my training, but just as a general horse mm-hmm. owner and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. who's unfortunately had an EPM right. horse, I'm, I'm right. seeing this. And sure enough, that horse had EPM and he was very mildly neurological. Like, you know, it's something that they hadn't picked up on yet. Thankfully it hadn't gone too far, but as soon as that horse was treated, he put the weight right back on. So there are definitely other reasons that a horse becomes underweight. And sure, we made changes to help him build the weight back, But then once he got there, he went right back to his old program. So just keep in the back of your mind that it's so complicated and nutrition's a factor, but there are other things that you sometimes need to look at as well. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, you know, deworming program or, you know, do your your parasite uh, fecal egg counts. Stressors, you brought up flies during the summer, spring. I mean, a fly control program, I think is important too, because as animals are stressed or horses are stressed, they will drop weight. It it is complex. It is complex, but uh, that's very interesting, very informative. Thank you, Nicole. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Happy to help. And if you have an underweight horse at home, give us a call. We know every case is different. So that's why we don't give really specific feeding recommendations in these podcasts, but we're always here to help and we're happy to go through a plan with you. Yeah. I mean, use those resources. Well, thank you for listening. And again, like always, if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. We're doing, you know, the, our audience is growing and thank you for the kind comments. And if you don't mind, you know, dropping a a five-star review on iTunes, that helps circulation as we grow this podcast, but thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week. Uh, Another fun, interesting topic. Thanks, Chris.